we are on page. Pages don't start from the beginning again, I don't think. Page 20. I guess it skips, there's a summary that wasn't put in, so page 20. Okay, good morning. Hope everyone had a good Shabbos. We are starting chapter 2 of Adam Kiyakriv. So we had a whole summary already last time at the end of last week of chapter 1. So I hope that you'll be able to, hope it'll be fine. Um, basically, we're going to be gathering everything that we've learned in the past, I think almost two weeks from chapter 1, and putting that into chapter 2 now to answer the original questions of the Mimer. So just to recap, we ha- are discussing the second Pasuk of Pashat Vayikra, which is the opening Pasha of the whole book of Vayikra, which discusses Karbanot, the Pasuk of Adam Ki Akriv Mekem Karban Lashem, that the man from among you when you will sacrifice uh, sacrifice to Hashem, that you will bring different types of sacrifices and that you should bring the sacrifices. This is the original, all-encompassing command to bring Karbanot between our is a very, when you break it down, it's a very nuanced command, but this is the general overview of the command that Hashem gives to Moshe to command the Jewish people that part of the service of Hashem is going to involve sacrifices. So until now, we've really discussed what sacrifices represent in our own lives. We know that it says in the Gemara, Tiknu Chachamim Tefillah Bimkayim Karbanos. That's not, I don't think that's the exact wording, but basically that they established, um, the sages established prayer in place of the Karbanot. And we've been discussing that the process that's played out during prayer where we are encouraging our animal soul to come on board in the love for Hashem, that the godly soul experiences, that this is played out in davening, and um, that the process can either be initiated by our own efforts down here or could be initiated by an arousal and inspiration from above and what we should do depending on where that inspiration comes from. So now that we discussed all of that, we're going to go into answering the next questions of chapter two. Before that, I just want to share a story that's connected to very much the ideas that we've been discussing. And again, the, the real message of this mimer, it's a very Chabad message, which is that the most important thing that you can do is to put in your own work and your own efforts down here and to engage all of you, including the physical parts of yourself, the physical tendencies and natures and leanings of the animal soul to engage that in your service of Hashem, which takes hard work. And it's not enough to just be inspired because that only speaks to the godly soul, but it takes actually transforming this entire half and side of ourself. So there's a story that the Rebbe relates about the Maggid. You guys know who the Maggid is? The Maggid of Mizrich. So he was a student of the Baal Shem Tov and the Rebbe of the Alter Rebbe. And he had a chavrusa that he had from before he became a chabad chassid. The, the market wasn't always a chabad chassid. What was he? Um, I don't know if he was a very, there wasn't like specific names of chassidim at the time because the students of the market are the ones who, who made different, what's it called, factors and sections. Um, but he was a very, very holy Jew. He was a genius. He was very well versed in Kabbalah as well. So he was definitely a Kabbalist as well. Um, but there's a whole story, which I'm not recalling all the details right now, of how he went to the Alter Rebbe because he was looking, he was looking for a Rebbe, he was looking for a new path in serving God, and then he kind of got freaked out. Not by the Alter Rebbe, sorry, by the Baal Shem Tov. He went to the Baal Shem Tov, he got a little bit freaked out about what was going on over there, he left, and then he came back, he forgot something, and then he ended up staying and becoming the greatest student of the Baal Shem Tov and continuing, um, and continuing Hasidus. Um, but the, before the Maggid was a, was a 
became a, a chassid, I guess we can call it, a chassid of the Baal Shem Tov. He was very, he had a chavrusa, and they used to learn, um, from when they were very young, they used to learn a Kabbalah together, they used to daven together based on the meditations of the Kabbalah. Um, and they, took, they both chose very different life paths. The Magid, it's known, um, became a teacher, a malamid, and he was very, very, very poor. The Magid was extremely poor. And um, his friend ended up going up into business and doing very well. And they ended up meeting at some point after the Magid had become ready, chassid of the Baal Shem Tov. And um, they, they met to continue the Chavros and to learn. But when his Chavros showed up, the Magid was davening. And he was davening and he was davening and he was davening. He was taking a very, very, very long time. He had to wait. He was a little bit frustrated. He had to wait quite a few hours until the Magid finished. And then they got together to do their Chavrusa. And his Chavrusa said to him, I was surprised. I'm like, you're, you're not as sharp as you used to be. What you what we used to succeed in doing, we used to pray together. You know, what you used to succeed in doing in, let's say, two hours, now it takes you six hours. Like, are you okay? Is there some sort of mental decline going on? And so the Magid said... No, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm still with it. I'm still here. The thing that's changed is that I've become a chassid. Mm. He said, to explain to you what that means, I'm going to give you an analogy. He, said, he asked his friend, he said, what do you do for a living? So he said that he goes, he's, he's a, a merchant, I guess it's called, a businessman, that um, most of the year he sits and learns, and his wife runs the shop. But for about six to eight weeks of the year, he goes, he travels to Germany, and he buys all different types of furs and, pro and uh, different fancy, expensive things. He goes and he chooses the best ones and he bargains and he negotiates and he comes back with this whole load. And then his wife is, you know, deals with the business aspect of things for the rest of the year. She sells it and makes the money that they live off of while he learns. And so the market said to him, why take six to eight weeks out of your year and, and instead of learning, go and travel? You could do that in six to eight hours. Just go into your room, close your eyes, meditate and imagine that you're going to Berlin, that you're buying, that you know, you're going and you're going to the stores and you're picking out the furs and you're buying the different uh, merchandise and you're paying. Just imagine yourself going through all of the steps and you get it done in six to eight hours instead of six to eight weeks. And his friend said to him, I think that's called today um, manifesting or something, mm -hmm. visualizing, right? Just imagine your dream home. And, and that's what Margaret was saying to his, to his friend. And his friend said to him, are you crazy? Have you lost it? I could do that, but that means I'm not going to come home with the merchandise. Mm. And the, the Magid said, that's, that's what I've learned. That's why my davening is taking so long. It used to be that we learned Kabbalah. We learned all these like, exciting ideas, and we would pray with them. But it would stay there. It would stay in the prayer. We do, wouldn't bring any merchandise home. I wouldn't change anything in my day and in my life and who I am. So it takes me a little bit longer now, my davening, because I'm coming home with merchandise. Mm. And again, this is... This is really, really the message of this mimer, that if we want to come home with something real, right, we want to actually live in that dream house instead of just imagining it every morning, we need to put in the hard work. And putting in the hard work means engaging our animal soul in our service of Hashem, not just leaving it behind. And so with that little story, let's take everything that we've learned until now and answer the original questions of the mimer. We have three questions on the order and the wording of the mimer. Question number one, why does it start off Adam ki akriv mikem, a man when he will sacrifice from among you in third person, when he will sacrifice, and it ends off, you should bring your sacrifices, it ends off in second person. Why does it switch? The second question, 
was why does it start off in singular? A, a man, singular, when he sacrifices, when he brings a sacrifice, and it ends off you, plural, will bring your plural sacrifices. Why does it switch from singular to plural? And the third question was the placing of the word mikem from among you. It should have said a man from among you when he sacrifices, and instead it says a man when he sacrifices from among you, which seems to imply that they're sacrificing somebody from among the Jewish people, which you know is not the case. So why that specific wording? So those were the questions. Then we had the whole, what's called the beer, or the explanation. And now let's take everything we've learned and go and answer the original questions in chapter two. Before we get into it, does anyone have any comments, questions? Ready? Okay. Chapter two, page 20. V'zeu adam kiakrib mekem. This is the deeper meaning of that a man when he sacrifices from among you. So again, when the altar ever starts to explain something of his questions, he's not giving us a, what's called a pshat answer. He's giving us a deeper spiritual answer based on Kabbalah, based on Hasidus. <coughs> so what does Adam represent spiritually? We know that physically it's referring to a Jew. What does it mean spiritually? What's the message that it's conveying? Adam Adam is referring to as it is written, that on the likeness of the throne, there was a likeness of the appearance of Adam, which is referring to, as we mentioned before, the vision. Which vision? I think this is the vision of Zechariah of Zachari or of Yechezkel, the specific quote. But with the famous one of Yechezkel, where Yechezkel saw that there was a chariot, he was envisioning the spiritual worlds, and he saw that there was something called the likeness of man. And as we've discussed, that is referring to Hashem, that he takes his infinity and all of his, himself as he localizes it into the framework of the spiritual worlds. That's called Adam HaElyon, the spiritual man. So when we say Adam Kiyakriv Mekem, a man when he sacrifices from among you, what man are we talking about here? What's the deeper meaning of man? Adam Ha'elyon, the supernal man, which refers to Hashem as he expresses himself and his presence rests in each of the spiritual worlds, specifically in the world of Atzilut in this context. So here the author of explains how Adam is referring to Hashem as he expresses himself through the ten spherot of Atzilut which are arranged corresponding the spiritual and physical makeup of a person, like Adam, who was the first person, which is why we said that Adam was made in the image of God. Adam was made in the image of God as he expresses himself in the world of Atzilut, right? With the three intellectual faculties above the emotional faculties, right? We stand upright, our brain, our mind is above our heart, is above our emotions, which is above the lower part of our body, which is an expression of the way Hashem expresses himself in the spiritual worlds. The truth is, love me call Elaine midot God doesn't have any of these attributes. So when we speak about God, God is undefinable. We can't say, oh, God is like this, and God is like this, and God feels this, because God is so beyond our grasp that we can't understand him at all. But God purposely placed himself into a framework that we can understand framework of the Torah, the framework of the spiritual worlds, so that we can relate to him. So when we speak about Adam, Ha'elion, we're speaking about God as he limited himself in where we can relate to. We're not speaking about God in his essence, because that is, we, we can't even, does, that God doesn't have any attributes on that level. So Hashem himself doesn't have any formal limitations in any way whatsoever. 
regarding Hashem, regarding Hashem himself, we can't say that he is in the likeness of the appearance of, in, of Adam in any way, God forbid. And that's why it, many people have said throughout the ages, don't learn the Merkava, don't learn the story mm -hmm. of the chariot, because it is so easy to start confusing these spiritual ideas with very physical things. Oh, Adam, there's an Adam up there. He looks like a man. God looks like a man, right? And oh, the angels look like an ox and like an eagle. And so it's very easy to lose touch with the fact that God is undefinable and indescribable. Um, so that, but, but we are learning ideas from the Merkava. We should just keep that in mind. Ela, however, even though God is indescribable and undefinable and beyond having any attributes at all, God enclosed himself into the 10 Sfirot, the Nikra'ur Ramach Evarim Demalka, which are called the 248 limbs of the king by analogy, different ways that Hashem expresses himself. The limbs of the body are united with the soul. And the soul expresses itself in the limbs of the body. So every single organ that we have, for example, our eyes have a certain soul power of sight, right? Which is why somebody can have eyes and still not see, because that soul power might be switched off or not be channeled correctly. Um, every single part of our body is expressing a different aspect of the soul. So they're very, very much connected. So too, the spirits are united with Hashem's infinite light, and Hashem expresses himself in and through them. So they're, so to speak, like the limbs the body of Hashem. So Hashem has his essence, his soul, which then infuses the body, which is expressed as Adam HaElyon, with life. The soul's interaction with the world is only through the limbs of the body. Similarly, Hashem interacts with the creations through the sphere of the 10th sphere of Chachma, Bina, Das, Chesed, Gevorah, Tiferet, Netzach, Hadjison, Malchut. Does that make sense? Right, we've discussed. Uh, um, we've already discussed very much this idea of Adam Helion, but it's the way that Hashem expresses His infinity and His truth into the world in a way that He can actually relate to it, and that's done through the ten spheres. So when we when we use the ten spheres to, so to speak, attribute different natures to Hashem, we're attributing different natures to the way Hashem chose to express Himself in this virtual world, not to Hashem Himself, because that we can never grasp. Kadela Ha'ir, why did God do this? Why did God limit himself into a specific form of the ten spherot? In order that he can shine through the spherot, spherot mean to shine, to the souls of the Jewish people, and to all of the worlds. So God did this in order that he, in his infinity and his glory, can relate to us down here. How do you relate to somebody? You have to mirror them, right? Mm -hmm. And so we are created in, a, in the same makeup and framework that God expresses himself in so that we can relate one to the other. So God does this, did this as a kindness so that we can relate to him and so that he can relate to us as well. The Azai Nikra Kamara Adam, and that's why it's called the appearance, the likeness of man, the way that God expresses himself in the spiritual world. So we'll see why this, is, why this is so important in a moment so we can really understand the deeper meaning of the Pasuk. So just like Adam had 10 soul powers and 248 limbs, so too when Hashem invests himself in the spirit, he is expressed in a system that corresponds to the makeup of of a person so that we should be able to receive his revelation. The Zeu Inyan Shir Kong. This is the idea of a limited form, which means that since the ten spirits correspond to the ten soul powers of a person, when a Jew serves Hashem with one of his soul powers, this brings Hashem's infinite light into the corresponding sphere. For example, when a Jew does acts of kindness, this brings Hashem light into the sphere of Chesed kindness. So Hashem created the world and created human beings and created the soul of people in a way 
that mirrors the way that he expresses himself in the world in order that we can affect change in the spiritual worlds and the spiritual worlds can affect change in our godly soul, right? Because they're made up in the same framework, in the same makeup, we can interact one with the other. So when we do certain mitzvahs with certain limbs, we are influencing certain expressions of Hashem up in the spiritual world because they mirror that. And when certain expressions of the spiritual world shine into the soul of man, we can actually feel it because there's a because they mirror each other, there's they're a vessel in order to receive that light. There's not two completely, completely different entities that can't speak one to the other. Okay, the catch we're gonna see is that our animal soul is not made in this way and therefore it's much harder to relate to the animal soul. But when God relates to us, he is relating he is limiting himself into the form of the supernal man so he can relate to the spiritual man, which is the nefesh ha'elokit. So now that the Atrava has established that the term Adam could also be a reference to Hashem, as he expressed in the Tenth Spirit, which is called the supernal man, Adam Elyon, the Rebbe will apply that to our verse quoted above. So now we can understand what does Adam ki yakriv mean? What does it mean when man will sacrifice, when man will offer? So regarding this, it says in the Pasuk in the Torah, page 22 at the top, Adam ki yakriv, a man when he will offer from among you. What does this mean on a spiritual level? Hainu, this refers to drawing down an awakening, an arousal, and a light from above, from the spiritual world, from this level called the supernal man, to bring close the heart of man, which is down below and bring it close to Hashem. So what does Adam Kiyakriv mean? What does it mean when man will sacrifice? Yakriv has two translations, right? We've said this many times. What are the two meanings of the word yakriv, korban? What are they? To come close. To come close from the word karov. And korban is a sacrifice, right? So if we look at the word yakriv from the translation of karov, it means adam ki yakriv, a man when he will bring close. Which man? Hashem, the supernal man. So when Hashem shines from the spiritual worlds into the soul of man, in order that he should come close to him. That's the deeper meaning of this verse. And as it's written, this is super interesting because this is literally the Tanya of today. So I always get very excited when they correspond. As it's written, this is a famous quote from Mishle, as water reflects a face to a face, so to the heart of man to man. This is a famous quote in Mishle, which says, just as man, when he looks at his reflection in the water, it's mirrored one to the other. So too, when a man turns his heart toward another man, the other man will then respond. It's an, it's an automatic process. And today's Tanya is speaking about a new type of love, chapter 46, Perik Membab. It's speaking about a love of Hashem, which is called Kamayim Apanim Lapanim, which is represented by this verse. It's a love of Hashem that actually comes from feeling very distant to Him. That when we contemplate on the fact that we are so, so, so far from Hashem, and yet, Hashem loves us and Hashem wants a relationship to us. The further away we actually are, the more we feel close to Hashem. The more, we, the more that we get excited about the fact that Hashem wants a relationship with us, the more we can, we can actually have a true love and connection to Hashem. So this is literally the love that's being spoken about in, in um, today's Tanya. The Altarabha brings a mashal of a very, 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 very lowly slave or very low person. And he describes how he's broken and he's down in the dumps. And then he hears that the king is looking out for him and thinking about him and giving him all of these things. He's going to automatically love the king. 
in a way, actually, that maybe the biggest servant of the king in the palace or the biggest minister is not going to appreciate the king because it's an automatic thing. If you learn that somebody loves you so, so much, you're going to respond, right? Um, which, is so, which is something, obviously, to look out with in dating because sometimes one person can get very excited and then the other person's like... It was definitely when I was dating my husband, he was very obviously... Um, excited <laughs> and and i was like shame i'm really gonna like let this guy down you know um there were, uh, that's not why i married him but there was definitely an aspect there that was like wow this guy really really loves me like really likes me there's something that arouses something within yourself which on the one hand you need to be careful because right but on the other hand there's it's a real real reaction it's a real true thing and so when we contemplate on just how much hashem loves us and cares about us even though we're so far away from him that causes us to have a love of hashem and that's the process that's first of all again spoke about in today's tanya major but that's the process that's being described here what does adam kiakriv mikem mean adam kiakriv means when hashem on high in the spiritual world shines towards us and inspires us to bring us close, which automatically has us respond. Because when God shines, we respond. Just as if somebody shows you a tremendous amount of love, you're going to respond to that. You're not going to just ignore that. So the simple meaning of the verse in Mishle means that water reflects the image of the face that looks into it. So to a person's heart reflects the feelings of his fellow towards him. If his friend loves him, he will naturally be inclined to love his friend. And the opposite is also true. There's a, there was a sikha, have you, have you spoken about the whole story of the books? I think we did of the, of the, the, the books of from Hay-Tavis. the library of Heiteves. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned then, the Rebbe quoted this quote during that story. He said, it says in the Torah, that when a person loves, the person responds with love. And he said, lib. Dear, I think. the Rebbe said in Yiddish, I love him. And I don't know why he doesn't love me back. He's speaking about his nephew. Mm. So I, I don't understand. Like, this is not, you know, Torah is truth. And it says clearly when you love someone, they respond. And the Rebbe says, I don't understand. I love my nephew. I don't know what's, I don't know. Uh, it's just a powerful, a powerful moment there. So here the Alter Rebbe is using the wording of the verse to describe something similar. The verse uses the word Adam twice to describe the two people and their mutual feelings. Since Adam can also refer to Hashem, we interpret the verse as saying, just as water reflects the face of man, so to a person who is called Adam will reflect the love shown to him by Hashem, who is also called Adam. So when Hashem shines into the soul of man in a way that he can receive it, the man, the person down here responds. This love demonstrated by Hashem is known as the Usurusa de la'ela, that comes from Hashem to awaken the person to serve him. The Zeu, and this is the meaning of Kiyakriv Mikem. And we're going to see that we're actually answering all the questions as we're, as we're understanding the deeper verse here. That's why it says specifically who will sacrifice from among you. Not from among you who will sacrifice. Mikem mamash, literally from among you. That the person should sacrifice himself down here towards Hashem, should bring himself close. So we said, wait, wait, wait. Why is the wording of the Pasuk so strange? It says a man when he sacrifices from among you, it sounds like the person is sacrificing a person. We know that human sacrifice is not a thing. We're speaking about animal sacrifices. And the answer is because there's a deeper message here. And that deeper message is that when Hashem shines his light towards us to bring us close, we sacrifice ourselves. We bring ourselves as in a as a response close to Hashem. So when we see Adam Kiakriv Mikem, that Hashem, when he shines his light from the spiritual world down into us, we respond with our own sacrifice. We respond by bringing ourselves close. But there is a catch. 
there is a catch. It's not going to be brought right now, but I want to just bring it in now. What's the catch? When God shines, he shines where? When God shines to us, who receives it? The godly soul. The animal soul is made up in a different way. The animal soul is not made in the image of God. And therefore, when God shines, it's not speaking the animal soul's language, and so it doesn't fully change us. What does it do? It brings our godly soul close to Hashem. It awakens us to want to get close to Hashem. But which part of ourselves? The godly part of ourselves. Because as we said, our godly soul mirrors Hashem up on high. So when Hashem up on high shines, who receives that? The one who is in the image, in the likeness of Hashem, which is the, the godly soul. And then it comes close. So the word korban, and we'll get to that in a minute, but I just wanted to bring it in already. The word korban, which usually means offering or sacrifice, comes from the word karov, close. Since the purpose of the animal offering was to bring the person closer to Hashem by fulfilling the mitzvah of the offering and bringing the animal closer to Hashem by making it a part of the mitzvah. When the verse says kiakriv, when he will offer, it can also mean kiakriv, when he will bring close. Referring to how Hashem brings a person close to him. Which, by the way, is an incredible thing. And that's really what this, today's Tanya is about. The fact that Hashem cares about having a relationship with us. That Adam Kiyakrif, the fact that there's this process in our lives whatsoever. The fact that Hashem, who's so, so, so way above us, cares about bringing us close. Cares about us having a relationship with Him. That already should awaken our godly soul. Just that fact. According to this, the word me came from you isn't referring to who will bring the offering, but who the offering will be. The divine soul of the Jew is the offering that Hashem brings to himself by awakening in us a feeling of love for him. Anyone, any questions or comments so far? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. But lachen, and that is why now we're answering the third question. We're not answering the questions in the exact order here. That is why Amar Tevat Mikem, it put places in the Pasuk, the word Mikem, Achar Omrokiakriv, after saying when he will bring close. That a man from among you, when he will bring close. Because if it wrote it in the way that we think grammatically makes sense, a man from among you, when he will bring close. We can only interpret this verse according to a simple meaning, which is referring to a physical person down here bringing a physical animal sacrifice to Hashem. So if the wording was as we thought it should be, a man from among you when he brings a sacrifice, a Jew when he brings an animal to sacrifice God, we couldn't take from this verse a deeper spiritual message for ourselves, which is that when Hashem brings close from among us, because if it said Adam Mikem Kiyakriv, we can never say that the Adam is referring to Hashem, because it clearly says Adam Mikem, a man from among you, which is speaking about the man, the soul of the Jewish people. The fact that it says Adam Kiyakriv Mikem, Adam, alone, singular, Adam, as he is up on high, Hashem, when he brings close Mikem from among you, from among your animal, from among your godly souls. But the fact that it says, the order, which doesn't seem to make sense, when he will bring close from among you, it comes to teach us this aforementioned message, which is that there is a process where Hashem, as he is up on high, turns, shines, because he wants to bring us close to him and have a relationship. And now we're going to answer the second question. That is why it specifically says when he will bring close in singular, in single, because it's referring to Adam HaElyon, on Hashem, the supernal man, and there's only one. There's only one supernal man. 
So the fact that it starts off a man when he will sacrifice and then switches to plural is coming to teach us that it's referring to, in the beginning, it's referring to Hashem when he brings us close. And then when it switches to the plural, as we'll see, it's referring to us, the Jewish people, the collective, the plural, as we then reciprocate and bring ourselves close. According to what it is written, these are, by the way, these, these are quotes that I brought in here are very, most, most, most likely, some additions that he adds in, bringing quotes and sources from different places to emphasize the point of the Alter Rebbe. So, Allah Pasuk, as it's brought on the verse, that man was alone when he was created. As is Hashem above, who is also one. Which means, man was made in singular, Hashem above, who is also singular. And then he became plural, became two people, and then a whole, a whole nation. One of the reasons why it says that Hashem had to make more people um, is because, so that people wouldn't think that God created another God down here, that Adam was another God. That's the side point. The Achakach Nehemar, then it says, in the continuation of the Pasuk, it switches from singular, from saying a man in singular when he will spring close, when he will sacrifice. Then it says from the different types of animals, you, plural, takrivu, will bring yourselves close. You will bring your korbanot close, which is referring to, zeo, this is referring to korban, the aspect of the sacrifice, that the person down here, the physical human being, will bring. That's why it says in plural, the Shon Rabim, you will bring close the feed because now it's referring to the Jewish people. So now let's go back quickly. We're going to keep going back and forth just so we can see how this plays out. Adam mikem korban takrivu et korbanchem. It starts off by saying man in singular when he will bring close, and then it switches to plural. You will bring your sacrifices because it's referring to Hashem as he is alone, as he shines into the souls of the Jewish people. And then the response is, you, plural, you, all the Jewish people, will bring close as a response. Will bring yourselves close to Hashem as a response of this arousal, this awakening that you experienced from up on high. So Hashem, who is one, brings close our animal soul by awakening it, and every Jew by himself must then bring close his own animal soul to Hashem. Another interpretation of the fact that it says, it switches from Adam Kiakriv, singular, we're referring to Hashem, and then it says Takrivu, is because within the godly soul there are many levels, there are many aspects, it's plural. Hashem is one, Hashem is singular, but we know that our soul is not one. There is the Nefesh, Ruach, Shamachai, Echida, there are five levels of the soul, there are different categories and expressions of the soul. There's a story, um, the grandfather of the Friedeke Rebbe, the previous Chabad Rebbe, his father-in-law was not a Chabad Chassid. And he was very nervous that his son-in-law was like going to start changing the way he prayed because it was known that Chabad Chassidim prayed very differently than other Chassidim. In many other Chassidim, Chassidic sects, it's very common to daven very quickly. Um, that's like the standard. And he was very nervous. So he said to his son-in-law, after the wedding, like, make sure that you, you, you know, you done quickly. He said, don't worry, I daven with the tzibor. I make sure to daven with the tzibor, with the community. But then the next day, he noticed that his son was staying in his room the entire day and praying. He said, wait, 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 what, what's going on? He said, tzibor means to gather. I'm gathering all the different parts of my godly soul together, and it's a process that takes a lot, it takes a long time. So another interpretation of it switching from the singular to the plural, when we speak about God as he is on high, he's one. God is always one. When we speak about our godly soul as it responds to that 
awakening and to that inspiration, there are many parts. So it's plural. You plural. All the different aspects of your godly soul are going to be responding. So that's another. That's just a, another interpretation of, um, of of the way that the Alter Rebbe is explaining it here. So now the Alter Rebbe is saying, this is a message. The wording. The, way, the reason that the wording of this verse is strange, it starts off in singular, ends off in plural, starts off in third person, ends off in second person, and places the word mikem in a strange place, is all there so that we can, obviously when we can know the simple, it doesn't take away from the simple meaning that Hashem is commanding us to bring physical sacrifices, that when Mashiach comes, we're going to have those sacrifices again, so it's very important to learn about them now as well, it's not something irrelevant, but also that there's a deeper message that we can learn specifically by the way it's worded. This is good advice that Hashem is giving us. The way that Hashem worded it in the Torah is in order to give us good advice in serving Him, in serving Hashem. That immediately in this auspicious time when Adam Kiyakriv, when God is bringing Himself close, when God is shining His divine light into our godly soul, Asher nimshach milamala, which is drawn from above, hitarot, an awakening, lahairet nefesh adam, to awaken the soul of the person, tekef umiyad, right away, immediately, tatchilu atem gamken, you should respond, laora isrusa de lasata gamken, to start to do the work down here, to do an arousal from below, right away, to use that inspiration to change yourself. Dahaino, this means, La akafia to bend the animal soul or la and to transform it at midot nefeshabamit the characteristics, the traits, and the expressions of the animal soul. Where do we see this play out in the verse? The Huinyan Takrivu et Korbanchem. We see this from the end of the verse, which switches, you should bring close your sacrifices. Shehumina Behema, Minabakar, which are from the different types of animals. Kedalkaman, as will further be explained, that each of us has a different type of animal soul. And that's why there are different types of animals that are brought on the altar. And that in, as an immediate response to the awakening from above that's represented by Adam Kiyakriv, the awakening from above that shines into our godly soul, the response should be, Takrivu et Korbanchem, you should bring your sacrifices. What are sacrifices made of? They're made up of animals, which is represented spiritually by the animal soul. We need to transform and change our animal soul to bring it close to God as a response to this awakening. This is as is written in Shira Shirim, that you should pull me up and then afterwards we will run after you. Perish, this means. When you are drawn up from an awakening from above, then immediately after you we will run. There's a discrepancy in this verse as well. It goes from Mashcheni. Mashcheni means pull me up in singular. Pull me up, and then acharecha narutza. The nun in front of narutza makes a plural. We, after you, we will run. Pull me up, after you, we will run. Wait, why does it start off in singular and end off in plural? Because it says, you should shine, you should inspire me, which is going to inspire me singular. It's only going to inspire my godly soul. And I will respond to that inspiration. We will run after you, not only the godly soul, but the animal soul as well. So this pasuk, this verse is teaching us a very, very powerful lesson. That when Adam kiyakriv mikem, when God shines his light into our animal soul because he wants to bring us close, we need to immediately respond with takrivu et karbonchem, with bringing our own sacrifice, which represents sacrificing our animal soul, the physical tendencies that we have, the person that we really are, the personality traits that we have, to transform them and direct them solely towards chasing after Hashem.
which we see again in this Pasuk, we're asking Hashem Mashcheni. We're saying, Hashem, pull me up, inspire me. What inspire me in singular because God can only inspire our animal, our godly soul. And then we say, we promise you that if you do that, so we will run after you, we will chase you, we will bring our animal soul along for the ride with that inspiration because we're going to take that inspiration and put it to use straight away to change ourselves, to work on ourselves um, and the animal side of ourselves. So, uh, yes. So, so, like in the previous chapter when I was talking about... Um, in Shema, when we say Bechol is this kind of like the same idea too as we as in like both the godly soul and the animal soul? Yes. Yes. So the altar is saying that this Pasuk is teaching us this because it switches from it, Adam Ki Akriv Mikem means when God inspires our godly soul, Takrivot Karbon Chem, you should sacrifice your sacrifices, your animal soul needs to be sacrificed. We need to utilize that inspiration straight away, put it to work, put it to use to change the makeup of who we are. And then as we, as we discussed, that then perpetuates a cycle. Because when we change who we are, we make ourselves vessels to actually receive that light of Hashem. So that when we change ourselves, Hashem responds with another arousal from above, with another inspiration, shining more light. Which we can then actually retain, put to use again. And then have the cycle where we're constantly serving Hashem and we're able to be consistent with it. And again, the very important point here is that when Hashem inspires us, he can't inspire our animals. The only, it's almost, it's almost um, not depressing, but it's, like a, it's, a, it's a very harsh point here. That God does not have the ability to inspire our animal soul, that whole part of us. Because God doesn't speak that language. God isn't made in the makeup of an animal. God is made up in the makeup of a man, of our spiritual side, of the godly side of ourselves. They marry each other. So when we get this inspiration, when we get this light, it doesn't speak to the animal. It only speaks to the godly side of ourselves. So the only person, the only being who has the ability to transform the animal soul is who? Us. Is us. Nobody else can do that because we're the only ones who know how to speak that language, who know how to relate to that animal side of ourselves. So we can't just rely on inspiration. We can't just rely on external excitement that comes from outside of ourselves because that will speak to our godly soul, but it's not going to speak to our animal soul. And that's why it says that when a... When a child is in the womb, there's an angel that decides, is he going to be rich? Is he going to be poor, right? Who is he going to marry? Everything's decided, but there's one thing that's not decided. Lila. Pardon? Lila the angel. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Lila the angel? I'm pretty sure I tuned tomorrow that I found that in. Is the one who decides, what, um, who decides what, what's going to happen with the... Oh, that's so cool. I'm pretty sure. But they also say that it could just be like... Referencing the night, like it, it could be an angel, it could really just be like it, this decision happens like during the night, like. Interesting. I would love to see that. I'll show you. I, I would have, love to I'll see show you that. Class. Very cool. Very cool. Um, but it says about this angel, who maybe is called Lila, um, that there's one thing it doesn't know. And it doesn't know if this person is going to be a good person or a bad person. And the reason is because it's not up to angels and it's not up to God himself to decide. It's only up to us. So we can decide everything else about us. But if we're going to become good people and change ourselves and channel all of that animalistic side of us towards God and towards transformation, towards reaching toward the divine, that's up to us. It's not up to God. It doesn't matter how much inspiration we're going to get. It doesn't matter how much God wants to bring us close. It doesn't matter how much God shines toward our soul. It will, it will inspire our godly soul. But if we don't take that godly soul's inspiration, have the godly soul then pass it over to the left side of our heart, to our animal soul, 
we will not be changed. As we discussed, the inspiration will come, the inspiration will go, and we will remain the exact same person. That is the message of this pasuk, that when God shines in your heart, you should immediately respond with bringing a sacrifice, with sacrificing your animal soul, with changing yourself. Let's read one more, one or two more paragraphs here, and then we'll finish off, and we'll finish um, chapter two tomorrow, I think. So, Aval, however, im loyetamets, if a person does not put in the effort, to put in the work, to bring a clarity to the animal soul, so even though there is drawing down this inspiration from above, which awakens the godly soul, it will not have a lasting, consistent effect because the inspiration will come, the inspiration will go, and our animal soul will remain the same. Aval, however, when, immediately after Hashem brings us close, inspires our godly soul, which means when we experience an inspiration from above, to awaken the work, the effort of bringing ourselves close, including our animal, as a tekef umiyad, then immediately you should begin to bring your own sacrifices from the different type of animal souls that you have. Then this inspiration from the supernal man, from God, will have a lasting effect on ourselves, on our personality, on our character, and on our lives. So we'll finish off with that for today. We'll continue this idea tomorrow. Continue looking at this verse and seeing the deep messages that are hidden um, the messages that represent the sacrifices that we sacrifice every single day of our lives. Okay.